you guys would never guess where we are recording this. They might be able to guess. It's really not that novel of a location. It is. It's it's very novel. We're in a hotel room. Yeah. <laughs> We're at the Great Wolf Lodge. And this was like a spontaneous vacation that Elisha like basically had to work all weekend. And so he was pretty tuckered out and I was tuckered out. And we were like, we just need to do something fun, like just our family. So we drove how far away? Like 20 minutes? It was like 12 minutes. Yeah. yeah. And what was awesome is when we logged onto the website to book a room, it was like a huge discount. Yes. We got a screaming deal. And so this was a spontaneous family vacation in a fair, in a very affordable way. Yeah. So it's, it's been really rejuvenating. It's been a total blast. I told Elisha, I was like, isn't it awesome that our kids are old enough? We can do stuff with them now. Yes. <laughs> and Louis like slobbering on the bed. Like he can't even <laughs> yeah, roll over. Exactly. They're so old. <laughs> you uh, probably heard him sneeze. He's sitting here on my lap. Um, and the kids are laying awake in their bunk beds. But yes. Anyways, we're recording this introduction on Katie's iPhone, but don't worry. The rest of the podcast is recorded on our actual podcast mics. Oh, yeah. that And we didn't even talk about what this episode's about because I'm not even on this episode, but it's a phenomenal episode. I just listened to it while Elisha was editing it, and it's my brother-in-law, Adam, and Elisha talking about fatherhood and feeling fulfilled in it. And I think you guys are really, really going to enjoy it and be encouraged. Like, from a wife's perspective, I thought it was really helpful to kind of hear insight into Elisha and Adam's mind a little bit and like how maybe some of the things they're like going through and how I can support them. So I thought it was really helpful. Awesome. Well, I hope you all enjoy. Hey, I'm Elisha Votberg. And I'm his wife, Katie. Katie and I both grew up in families that were fun, impactful, and relationship rich. Now that we're a family of our own with three young children under the age of three, we're eager to see what God can do through the family unit. We're so excited that you're joining us on this podcast as we dive into what the Bible says about marriage, children, parenting, money, sex, careers, roles, and so much more. Katie, are you ready? Let's go. Well, we're in the midst of the holiday season, and what tends to happen during the holiday season are conversations that come up with family members, and you want to hear about what's happening in their life, they want to hear about what's happening in your life, and to be quite honest, in years past, it's it's been somewhat challenging, but this year's been a new challenge for me to have those conversations, uh, because I've been unclear as to what the next thing is that I'm pursuing. And I'm really grateful that I've got my brother-in-law, Adam, here with me this afternoon to have a conversation that I think is very pertinent to young men, to young fathers, and maybe to people and you know mothers and fathers and just men and women in any stage of life. I think it's just related uh, relative to where, wherever you're at. Um, but that's f- having a vision and not... Uh, not placing the next big thing that you're doing as synonymous with your vision. So Adam, would you please introduce yourself to our listeners and tell them a little bit about yourself? Yeah, absolutely. My name is Adam Van Wingerden. As Elisha just said, I'm his brother-in-law. Um, we've been brother-in-laws for about a year now. It's been been pretty awesome. It has been. We've been able to really uh, cultivate an awesome relationship and grow over the last year together. And, um, you know, as Proverbs says, iron sharpens iron. Mm. And I think I found myself in a similar spot 
as Elisha uh, coming into this holiday season and just feeling a little bit like not exactly sure what the next thing is. And Elisha and I just um, serendipitously, is that right? Yeah. Yeah. We're uh, sitting on the couch having a conversation about this, and the Lord really just used Elisha in my life, and I would hope myself in his life. Absolutely. To really speak truth and... And this isn't really what we're about to talk about. I don't think it's an epiphany, really. I think it's just, as again, we're talking more about it today. It's a really a reminder. Yes. And I was in, we're in, it's, a, it's Sunday here. And uh, we were at church this morning and the pastor was actually speaking from Second Peter. And Peter's talking to the to the people he's writing to about reminding them. Yeah, I bring into remembrance, I think. Yeah, that's the word. His, he's bringing his, sorry, he starts the, the book. Yeah. Yeah, so it's not really an epiphany, but it's something, you know, like we have to remind ourselves of the gospel I think it's good to remind ourselves of what I guess the vision of life is and what hmm. what vision is. And I think the conclusion that Elisha and I came to was people, it seems people often confuse vision and what the next big thing is. And I think as a young man or a young woman um, just looking for your spouse, that is the big thing, right? Yeah, that's right. <laughs> right. Getting Becoming a Christian, that's like the first big thing and then the second big thing. Um, is to your, find your spouse. Yeah. And I think both what, after you find your spouse and, you know, kids start coming and, and you kind of settle in and you start wondering, well, what is the next big thing? Hmm. Yep. A hundred percent. And so to kind of give some context as to where I've been in my life and maybe Adam will share a little bit about his life as well. You know, you, you listeners are well, you know me, you're familiar with where I'm at with my life and I'm in just an amazing marriage and my, I adore my wife and I adore my children. That said, I have been working, I feel like towards those things for so many years, you know, since, since being a young, you know, almost like an adolescent Christian, you think about who you're going to marry and and you wonder who it's going to be and you want to start becoming the man that would attract the type of woman that you want to marry. And so when I look at the last three or four years of my life, First, the challenge was marrying my was was finding a wife and then becoming the man that she would even consider marrying and then learning how to be married and then getting pregnant, learning how to be a father and then finances were tough. And so the next big thing was trying to stabilize my life from a financial standpoint and give give my family a home that was comfortable and that took care of them and met you know some of their needs. And you know, I was just telling Adam last night when I come home from work, I sit in my living room and I hold my children and I chat with my wife and I look at my life from like this third person perspective and I, to me, objectively say, I don't think I can, I can't think of anybody else that has a better life than me. I'm in this uh, great home. I've, I'm well provided for financially. I've got three healthy children. My, I've got the wife of my youth that I get to enjoy that's beautiful. I love being with. And so the question then becomes, well, what what's next? What is there to pursue? And right. in the joy that I have here on a in, in a real-life scenario, there's almost this kind of uh, longing and this, and I guess this remorse that like, so the, the journey's over, like the pursuits ended, like, because right. I feel like men have this deep down desire to pursue yeah. and to conquer and to keep adventuring out into life. And so when you, when it becomes unclear as to what the next step is in that journey, I think that it's easy to find, find yourself in a place that can borderline depression or discouragement at the very least. Yeah, absolutely. And I think Basically, maybe not in the exact same situation, but in a very similar circumstance is where I found myself just kind of 
thinking like, okay, I'm, I'm married and we have a child coming and I know, you know, learning to be a father is going to be a huge thing. And, but there's still like, okay, well that that's just going to come. Right. I don't have to go out and search that out or do yes. that. Right. It's, it's coming like, whether you're ready or not. Exactly. Yeah. Right. So I've already been starting to think of like, okay. And, and I have a job and, um, it, it's, I'm able to provide financially for my family. And I think, again, I was in a similar situation for what Elisha was doing. Like, well, what's the next, what's the next thing? Like, yep. and you know, Elisha, as Elisha and I were talking last night, I think Elisha brought up the point or, or saying like, Hey man, I just don't want to wake up, you know, 20 years from now, um, you know, at 48 or yeah, yeah. 20, yeah. 40 years old and be like, you know, have that realization like, Oh, like what, what did I do? Yeah, or what, what, what did I accomplish? Yeah. Or what just happened? Yep. And you know, both him and I were like kind of looking at their starry eyed, like, yeah, what, you know, like and, how do we prevent that? Yeah, yeah. And like talking about it now, people are listening. are probably like, man, these guys are a bunch of idiots. Like they, they might, you guys might know the answer. And, yeah. but for Elisha and I, we were sitting there thinking like, well, what, what is the ultimate? Like, yes. what is the ultimate vision? You know, people were asking, like Elijah said around the holiday, like, what, what's your next thing or what's your vision for the next 10 years, 20 yep. years. And yes. And both Elisha and I were sitting there like, okay, well, how do we prevent waking up 20 years from now thinking, wow, what just happened? Yep. Exactly. And Adam just, I think, just inspired by the Holy Spirit, brought up the Bible verse from from Third John. Or John, is it called John yeah, 3? Or John th- 3, John, whatever. Third John, 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 or how, how do you say that? Because there's know. First John, Second John, and Third. I think you say Third, third John. John. Yeah. 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 First thing. John, third Second John. John. Third John. Uh, Dream Revelation. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> it's Third John, verse 4, because there's just one chapter in Third John. And it's, there is no greater joy, or it actually says, I have no greater joy than to know that my children walk in truth. And when Adam mentioned that verse, I was so inspired and convicted and quite frankly became emotional at the thought of my children that I have in my home right now and that I get to influence on a daily basis. And I get to play a part. God has put me in this position as head over my family, as shepherd over my little flock here on earth to have a significant and integral role in developing my spirit, my children's spiritual well-being, and in, in, in developing their maturity, their knowledge of the Lord, and to think that there is no greater joy, this world offers no greater joy, than to know that my children are walking in truth. Amen. Amen. And I think when I when 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 uh, when Adam brought up that verse, it's like the vision became so clear to me, and I was thinking that's that's what I want. Twenty years from now, I want to wake up. And see my children walking in truth. Yeah. And I think, you know, something that I, we had said or thought about was like, I think people often, it's, it's what you're doing. And at the end of the day, when you wake up 20 years from now, it's not really what you've done, but it's who, who you've become. Mm-hmm. And I think obviously if your children are walking in truth or to see that joy, you'd have to be pouring into them. And, and I'm sure, I mean, as an outflow, you should be walking in truth as well. And you should 100%. see spiritual growth. So really the ultimate we were as we were sitting there discussing was waking up 20 years from now both of us around 47 48 and realizing that hey we've grown who have we become as a person in yep. Christ that's right we've grown spiritually our children walking in truth because the bible is so clear there's no greater joy and even thinking like it's the god's word is so clear seek ye first the kingdom of god mm-hmm. and all these things Yes. Shall be added unto you. That's right. That's a guarantee. That's a promise. I also love Psalm 14 that says, In the presence of the Lord, there is fullness of joy. At his right hand are pleasures forevermore. And so to think, okay, we know these things from maybe like an intellectual standpoint, or it's almost like it's easy to categorize these as a spiritual 
topic in your life. You're thinking, well, of course there's no greater joy than to know my children walk in truth, but that's kind of like pertaining to this ethereal spiritual realm. Right. But in reality, there's practical ways to pursue that on a daily basis. And I think as a young man, as a young father, I am so motivated by something I can see daily progress in. And of course, we're approaching this from the standpoint of the Lord's the one who saves. He's going to have our children's heart. Absolutely. But we are given this opportunity to shepherd them, to nurture their hearts, and to plant seeds, and to grow, hopefully, these seeds, and to see them take root, and to really start bringing forth fruit. So what are things, you know, that we can do on a daily basis to do all that we can in our in our little human power and our ability what does god have for us as new creations in christ to walk in a way so that 20 years from now we can say man i was able to enjoy the presence of the lord which was so mm. pleasurable i'm able to see my children walk in truth which there's no greater joy than that and i trust in the lord with all my heart leaning on not leaning on my own understanding he he directed my paths what are things that we can do on a daily basis to do that that are that our kids well, watch us do. Yeah. And that was the coolest thing too, is as we were talking, you know, part of our conversation, obviously, is we were both coming from a standpoint of, we weren't really totally feeling fulfilled, I guess is, is really what it was. Yep. And, you know, in our jobs or even, you know, even on like on the outside, like in your head, mm-hmm. it's like, well, you sh- we should be feeling fulfilled. Yep. Exactly. You know, both are married to amazing women, have family, you know, I have a child on the way. Elisha's got three beautiful kids. Like, you know, marriage is healthy. We're both even like, okay, spiritual life. You know, it's not bad. Like, yeah. it was like everything lines up. And so we're coming from the standpoint of like, we don't necessarily feel totally fulfilled. And, you know, one thing was like, okay, let's say a job or the things you're working towards. But I think when God's word actually says without vision, the people perish, That's I think right. almost it's even talking about like, what is the end goal? Yeah. And like we had just mentioned, no greater joy to, to see your children walk in truth. Well, that brings so much motivation to the day to day. Yes. And I think to build on Elisha's point, it's so easy when you're in the trenches and you're in the day to day, super easy to lose vision. It is. It's super easy to get caught up with, okay, well, what, what do I have to do today at work or what do I have to do to help around the house or what are my kids doing? And, and you get like, those become, you know, the most important things, the little mundane things, which are important. That's right. In and of themselves. But it's always important to keep your eye on the price or eye on the bigger vision. And if your eyes are on the bigger vision, you'll have motivation to do the things like, you know, Elisha and I were talking about trying to get that time freedom, you know, to be able to pour into our children Mm -hmm. or to pour into our own marriage or our spiritual walk or to get the financial freedom to be able to do things and um, the geographical freedom, even to put your family in a place where you want them to be surrounded by people that are going to iron sharpens iron the way Elisha and I did for each other. Like-minded. Yeah, exactly. So I think you'll, the motivation comes um, in those little, in in the bigger vision you can work through the the smaller stuff and you're going to have that bigger purpose knowing that, Hey, you're working towards something that is much greater than just being stuck in the little day to day and not feeling fulfilled. A hundred percent. And I've believed that verse without vision, the people perish for forever. You know, I've, I've grown up hearing it and I think, well, yeah, I believe that without vision, you lose track. You don't know why you're living, but what I've been guilty of in recent, in the recent past is like you said, misaligning the next big thing or the next challenge to tackle thinking that that's the same thing as a vision because up until very recently the next thing to conquer was always very clear it was getting out of a painful working situation or it was getting out of a kind of a tough financial situation or it was getting through the postpartum season or getting out of the newlywed season or just getting married it was always very clear but the next big thing like adam said at the beginning is not the same as having a vision and i think the sooner you're able to really solidify and clarify what that vision is the sooner you're able to really start to 
enjoy and to thrive and and find fulfillment in the daily, seemingly menial tasks of life. Amen. And what's crazy is that the the pertinent things in life, it's easy for the thing that seems most pressing to get that confused with it being a priority because, you know, there are things that whether we like it or not, the the mortgage needs to be paid or rent needs to be paid. And Trash that's, is taken out, yeah. Yeah, exactly. And, and, and the electricity needs to be paid for and groceries need to be paid for. And those are all things that all of a sudden you think that that's the priority and you think that that's the, the end goal because it's so in your face every day. Like you, right. you have to make money on, like on a daily basis to pay for that day's needs. And so all of a sudden you start thinking, okay, well, the most important thing is making money to pay yeah. for these daily needs. When in reality, no, the most important thing is this vision that I have to walk with the Lord, to see that my children walk with the Lord and paying the electricity bill is just a part of that. Right. It's a small part of this bigger vision. And so therefore, I'm not serving the electric company. I'm not serving even my boss. I'm serving the Lord by pursuing this vision he's put on my heart. And it's going to involve a lot of little things, but it totally changes your mindset on a daily basis. And what's crazy is, I mean, this is like Christianity 101. It's like sitting here talking about it. And I'm like, man, you know, it's crazy how you can get stuck in a rut. Yep. And like you just start, you know, you enforce, reinforce negative thinking when you're just in your head. And yep. it's like. And we even mentioned last night talking about this is why you know, the Bible talks about don't forsake the assembly, assembly right? Yes. Yeah. And and be in a local church and be around believers and family and iron Amen. sharpens iron. And this is, I think this is a, I mean, exhibit A. Yep, that's right. right. And because even talking about it, it's like you know people always tell you, well, money is such an easy one to throw out there. Everyone's like, okay, when I get money, that's I'll right. be happy. And some people, it's like like you mentioned or you cited, when I get out of this toxic work environment, yep. or if I'm able to move to this place, like. Yep you start chasing happiness. You start chasing the next big thing. That's right. Again, not to beat a dead horse there, but that's what really becomes your idol in a way. And your purpose and your purpose. And it's like, you know, and and, and don't, I think I don't want the listeners to maybe misunderstand. Like I think all good things, the Lord gives us things to look forward to. Yes. And from a practical standpoint, but it's just, we always say saying it's a a balance, but it really is. It's maintaining that knowing that that's not going to bring you true joy and happiness or fulfillment. That's right. It's really keeping your eye on the, the vision. That's right. That's right. And what is the vision? vision? In the Bible, God's word tells us what the vision is. That's right. And if you think that a practical change in jobs or in where you're living geographically will en- will enhance the journey towards Amen. the vision, then Move by it. all means, yeah. do it. You still, if it's in your prerogative to improve your financial state or to improve your work situation, Absolutely. take that take that step and make yeah. it happen. Exactly. It's just knowing that if you're relying on that next big thing yes. to make you feel fulfilled yes. or to make you think that like, Oh, this is going to bring me happiness. And this is, once I have this, it'll be great. It's not going to. That's right. And I think that culture and, um, secular media does such a good job of feeding humans. But I think targeting us men in this deep down desire to conquer and to pursue the next big thing. And they're just kind of feeding us the next thing to pursue, whether it's the new truck or whether it's the, the new weightlifting program, you know, the new fitness program, or you get to follow the sports team or, so you, many or video games or whatever it is that you get to really invest into and learn and master. And school does this for you for a while. College does it. Your career does it for you. It gives you this track to run on where you feel like you're making quantifiable gains. But then you get into this life of raising up children and the way that they should go or mm. experiencing or pursuing this joy that comes from knowing that your children walk in truth. And you think, okay, well, what are the quantifiable gains I'm seeing? 
in this journey. And mm-hmm. it becomes a whole lot more ambiguous. And the, the world's definitely not going to affirm you pursuing right. this thing. They're nope. not going to say, well, hey, if you for the next five years study God's word, love your wife as Christ loved the church, and pour into your children and wash your wife and your children with the word, then you're an awesome man. The world doesn't tell you that. No. If it, and if anything, it kind of paints that as a... Um, as a depressed, you know, guy at home with no purpose, you know, kind of falling in line under his wife. But that's counter to God's economy. That's counter to God's purpose for man and conquering and pursuing. And I've really started to see it more and more that way. And that this is a battle that we get to be warriors in. It is extremely masculine. There is nothing feminine about pursuing the Lord and walking with him and standing up for righteousness and having self-control and walking in a way that's upright before the Lord. And I think that the more that I can wrap my mind around, hey, this is a very practical journey, waking up and getting in God's word, loving my wife by speaking kindly to her, by being sensitive to her emotional needs, by loving my children, by being disciplined in, or consistent in disciplining my children and, yeah. and teaching the word to them. It's so easy to maybe put on a little cartoon for the kids Check before out. they go to bed while Katie and I do whatever. You know, we all go over there and clean the kitchen or something, do something that seems important. You know, I get ready for my work day versus taking 20 minutes to sit down and read the Bible to them or sing songs of praise and worship. And that is literally the difference between 20 years from now waking up and saying, man, there's no greater joy than to let my children walk in truth. And it's not that the formula of reading your Bible every night guarantees your children walk in truth. Of course not. That's yeah. between them and the Lord, and he's going to work that out. But you know for a fact, and I know for a fact, that that's going to set them up to Preach be in it. a far better place. Well, yeah, and, and as we were talking last night again, like, there's so much. I mean, you know, it's not even a theory, really, because there's so much objective evidence out there. Hmm. You know, we just started bringing up, like— my father, Elisha's father, mm. our father-in-law, like our grandparents, like we could just go down the list and I'm sure, you know, even the listeners are listening, have, have examples that they can look at that you know, not all of them have lived like from a world or a culture's perspective, a super glamorous life. Yep. But That's you right. know, we were, as we were celebrating here, we had, um, one of our grandfather-in-law was saying his greatest, you know, what's something that he just, his greatest joy. And he literally was like, Oh, that is he, that he be here with my children, seeing them walking in truth. Like yep. there's so much, anecdotal and objective evidence out there to show that, like, hey, if you do do these things according to God's word and you are loving your wife like Christ, love the church every day and you're pouring into your children, even listening to Elisha talk about all the different little ways, like I don't have kids yet and we're expecting, but just hearing some of those things of like, wow, just little, you know, just little things that they aren't even big ideals, just 20 minutes in the word or, yep. or just constantly being reminded what's like, again, what without vision, the people perish, what's the big vision? And then you know, I think there's a book out there that talks about like the compound effect doing the little yep. things every day, right? That's right. And little habits every day lead to something. Yes, that's right. And I think it's just the culture doesn't affirm nope. that at all. That's right. It doesn't affirm the fact that, hey, you know, on from the outside, that, that's why we're t- this original question, well, what's your 10-year vision? Yes. You know, or what's the next big thing? From the culture's eyes, you know, just getting up every day and loving your wife and training your kids and that to them is going to be like, wow, you're going to wake up miserable, nope. but it's so God's word is so countercultural. It is. And those little things in the, in the moment, sometimes it can be difficult and they can feel mundane and they can feel like, well, I don't have a vision or I'll have the next big thing. But right. then you wake up 20 years from now. And if you're doing those things, I think you'll wake up 20 or 30 years from now and think, wow, I've lived a fulfilled purpose life and I have an amazing, you know, marriage or I, no greater joy to see my children walk in truth. Yes. 
Yes. And again, I think that was just such an eye-opening thing for me as I was sitting there talking. And it's so easy to, to fall into that rut of not feeling fulfilled and constantly wanting to pursue something bigger. And, and what's, what's like I said, what's the next thing that I get to do or the yep. thing that I get to pursue? And yep. it's so so easy. We're inundated with it all around us. The people that we know, the TV, the yes. songs, lyrics, everything. Yes, the books. Yes, all of it. Yeah. All of it. There's so much of it there that... Um, that is so countercultural in God's word. And I think it's just one of those things that I was brought both or at least for me. And I think Elisha too brought us a lot of joy, just sitting there talking about it. Like, Nope, we know, we know what the big vision is now. We it just is. had to remind ourselves of it. That's right. Yeah. And I think that there's such, it's such, God's so gracious in bringing us back to his truth and getting us back aligned with his word. And I feel like this is one of those instances because I have to constantly be checking my heart and asking, am I conforming to the world standard for success? And it's all the books all, and I'm in business right now. I'm, I'm running my dad's business and, and Adam's in business. You know, he's, mm. he's got a couple things going. He's working a full-time job and starting a business with his family. And it's right. so easy for the benchmarks to be based entirely on, on money or on growth of your business and on like, you know, the economical uh, impact that you're having with your business. And those are good things. It's funny because that is, if you want a successful business, you have to take account, take, take into account those things. Those are the fundamentals of business. But my life, no, that's not what my life's based off of. Exactly. The purpose of my life, the vision for my life, that's just a small little piece that's in this journey that I'm on to see that I walk with the Lord faithfully, that I finish this race running well before the Lord, and that I get to see my children walk in truth. Yeah, and ultimately that's where the, the conversation started headed was, Where's our identity? Mm-hmm. And I think no, thinking and knowing that, well, the Bible is pretty clear. I, our, our identity is in Jesus Christ mm-hmm. and not in what we've done, mm-hmm. not in our accomplishments or, you know, secular world, even though those can be good things, but that's not where our identity lies. Mm-hmm. You know, um, in 20 years, I don't want people to look at me and be like, oh, wow, Adam, he was the one who did this, did that. You know, the people that I admire and respect the most are the people that I look at and go, what identifies them is that is a one awesome believer. Yes. That is a guy who or a, girl, a gal who is walking in truth and their children are walking in truth. That's right. And that is the ultimate vision to be conformed to the, conformed to the image of Jesus Christ. That's right. You know, that is, and that is the whole purpose of this journey on earth. And I think it's just so easy with, especially in today's culture with there's, there's so many different avenues and with your phone and the television, and the computer, there's so many different areas that the culture gets to speak into your life. Yes. And it's easy to get sucked into it, but we're, we really are just sojourners here mm-hmm. and our, our vision should be what we, what we came up with last night with the Bible so clear on it. Just, there's no greater joy on this earth to see your children walk in truth mm-hmm. and to wake up to 20, 30 years from now and just feel like, wow, my children are walking in truth and I've grown as a person. It's mm-hmm. not what I've done, but it's who I've become. Mm-hmm. Amen. And what I love about that is that it's, it's just purpose and meaning and direction and job security indefinitely. And the more you lean into that, the more you're able to enjoy the fruit of it. And Adam brought up, you know, our grandfathers, our fathers, and they are literally, and I'm not saying, you know, I think it's easy to, to like categorize in your brain, the different types of joy. And it's like, there's like materialistic joy. And then there's like emotional joy. Maybe there's spiritual joy. And okay, maybe the most spiritual joy is, you know, seeing your children walk in truth. And I would not, I don't think so. I think the best joy ever, it's, it's seeing your joy walking, your children walk in truth. That's just the ultimate joy and fulfillment that you can have here on this earth. And we've seen our fathers and our grandfathers 
experience that and speak to it. And I want to be that way too. I want that to be the truth in my life Yeah. to say, man, I got to see my children. Walk through. I poured into their lives and now my children's children are becoming, you know, the crown of glory that I get to wear around. And exactly. uh, that, that really is easy to lose sight of when you're in the weeds of life, when you're in the grind. But I think the Lord's been so gracious in bringing back that back to the forefront of my mind. And I really hope that, uh, you know, even in just listening to this podcast, if for some reason our listeners had lost vision of that as a mother and a father and thinking, man, for the next 20 years, I'm supposed to just pour into these kids or be married. You think, yes. And that's, that's the most glorious thing the ever. Ultimate. If you, if you are put your head down and pour into your children for 20 years and you feel like you barely are able to take a breath in 20 years, you lift your head up and you see your children walking in truth. You will not regret the time and the energy and the money poured into that cause. Amen. And I think that's ultimately where Elisha and I were just, again, it seems like Christianity 101, it really does. And it is, but it's so easy to get sucked into um, just the day-to-day and the, the minutia of life, the mundane, and, you know, without vision, the people perish. And now we were able to reestablish what the actual best vision is. And I think both of us, it was, like I said, a God thing. You don't like to throw that around loosely, but it was. It was a really cool um, the Holy Spirit was in that mm-hmm. conversation, mm-hmm. and we just felt like we really wanted to share and hopefully be an encouragement to those who may be feeling like they don't know what the next big thing is, mm-hmm. or they feel like they're lacking vision, and just to encourage that, you know, being a father, being a husband, um, those are, you know, and, and pouring into your family, that that is it. That's it. That's, that's the vision. That's it. And you don't need to explain it to people. If they don't understand, they don't understand. And that's the reality. Your vision, your purpose, your excitement, your journey is to walk with the Lord, to honor him, and to pursue seeing your children walk with the Lord. And if that doesn't get you excited, then I would just encourage you to get before the Lord and to make sure your heart's right before the Lord. I really would, because I know that any time that doesn't get me excited, it's because I'm being deceived by the world, and the Lord doesn't have my heart, and I just... I'm afraid of that happening, and I want to be vigilant against fighting against that complacency and becoming lukewarm and uh, stay close to the Lord. Absolutely, and I think the biggest thing, at least one of my biggest walk takeaways from it, and it's emotionally the comfort and the peace and the fulfillment that's been restored. Yes. I think that's the instantly. biggest thing. It's like instantly. Like yep. we both, like I think we're a little teary-eyed and had a big old grin on our face because we were just like, it's awesome. Like just walked away fully encouraged. Like yes. it's just, and it's just back to God's word and his purpose for our life, but you're able to walk away and feel like, hey, I feel at peace. I have yep. comforted and I'm encouraged and feel fulfilled. Yes. Amen. And that's ultimately what we want for our listeners. We want them to be encouraged. We want we want you folks to find your fulfillment and your purpose and your vision and what the Lord has for you. And I would just love if you're able to say 20 years from now that your children are walking in truth. I mean, what a blessing. And to see multiple generations serving and honoring the Lord in the midst of a crooked and perverse nation, which Philippians talks about. He says, like, let your light so shine in the midst of a crooked and perverse nation. And, and that's ultimately what we're being, you know, we're living life in the midst of. But we are able to, because of God's goodness and as his power and of his faithfulness, raise up a godly generation that does serve and honor the Lord. And, and that's our prayer for you folks. And I know it's something that gets me excited. If that's, if that is my, what I have to show at the end of my life, then that's I it. cannot be happier. Amen. I cannot be happier. Well, folks, thank you so much for listening. Adam, thanks for being on here today. Oh yeah, absolutely. It's always a pleasure. Awesome. Talk to you next week, folks.